Amen. So excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. I got a lot to live up to, don't I? She bragged a little bit too much. That's all right. She's not bragging on me. She's bragging on the Holy Spirit anyway. So, Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody doing well tonight? Hallelujah. Well, first of all, I always want to thank pastors for inviting me to speak. It's been a while. Uh, For those of you who do not know us, me and Judy, my wife, uh, have been going here, been members of HFCC for 20-plus years. So I know you've seen us around. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm also on staff at JSMI, Jerusalem Ministries. Uh, been there for 14 years, uh, assistant general manager. So I get the privilege of traveling with Brother Jerry some, and it's just truly been a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that'll give you a little bit of an idea about who I am. Uh, and we'll just go ahead and get in the word tonight. Hallelujah. You know, one thing that I, well, I do want to say this. Uh, I don't see too many here tonight anyway, but uh, pastor asked me to preach this message tonight. And I did teach it in chapel, uh, JSMI chapel, about a month ago. And so if you're staff, I apologize because you're going to hear it again. But you know, Holy Spirit, every time you open the Bible, you're subject to get a whole new revelation. Amen. So we'll just pray that you get a whole new revelation tonight. It may be the same word, but it comes out a different way every time. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what I keep hearing in my spirit is there's more. Pastor Annette was talking about that just a while ago. There's more. There's so much more than what we've had before. Amen? I know Brother Jerry said this is a year of abundant overflow. Well, you know, a lot of people just automatically take that in the area of finances, but that really, really, truly applies to every area of our life. Spirit, soul, and body. We should look for an abundant overflow in every area of our life. On our job, in our family, in everything that we do, expect abundant overflow. Amen? Hallelujah. In JSMI morning prayer recently, the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, this is an era, this is the era of the greater. The era of the greater. You know, Jesus said that we would do the works that he did and greater. Now, I know that's hard for you to wrap your mind around, but that's what he said, and that's what he meant. Amen? So we're in the era of the greater. So expect it. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I want to start out by reading a prophetic word from Brother Jerry given on April 11th, 2021, one of his more recent words, and I think it'll encourage you. And it goes right along 
with what I'm talking about. It says, a year of first, that's what you will see. I'll make it happen. You can count on me. Things never seen, seen, nor heard before, I'm bringing them to pass. That's what's in store. Things that most will say could never be. Just stay in faith and watch and see. For this is a time for an outpouring of my love. So get ready for more and more unusual things, says your Father from above. People will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see. And you'll testify that they are happening to you because of your love for me. No longer think that what seems so impossible could never change. Oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. In fact, it's already been arranged. So rejoice in your God and boldly say, I'm headed for greater things and they're on their way. Amen? Now, don't put that off to the future. Accept it for now. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother Jerry's also mentioned that this is a year of first. The first. First time you ever seen that happen. Amen. Come to church expecting. And when you leave, you'll say, boy, that's the first time I've seen that happen. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, you've never passed this way before. We've never seen or heard anything like this before. Things that most people say could never be. People will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Brother Jerry's word on March 26th says, We are entering the un." Unprecedented zone. Wow. Unprecedented means never done or never known before. Having no example of. In other words, when it happens, you can't say, well, it was kind of like this. No, there ain't anything to compare it to. Amen? That's what we have in store for us, guys. Hallelujah. It's an exciting time. Unprecedented zone. Not the twilight zone. The unprecedented zone. Amen? Hallelujah. There's an old saying that says, if you continue to think... Like you've always thought, you'll continue to get what you've always got. Amen? Are you satisfied with that? Not me. (laughs) Not me. I want the more. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. If 
you want to turn there with me, I don't have too many scriptures for you tonight, but this goes right along with what we're talking about. My thoughts are nothing, this is from the New Living Translation, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What God's trying to do, He's trying to get us to have a kingdom mindset. Amen? Get out of that old fleshly mindset that's control. I know we live in this world, but the Bible says we're not of this world. Amen? He's trying to get us to think about the authority that we've been given in Him. Amen? He's trying to get us to think in the area of ruling and reigning. Wow, that's a big one, isn't it? You know, we all know what the Word says. He says, He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The kings that He's talking about is you and I. We're supposed to be ruling and reigning here on earth. Amen? Not when we get to heaven. Now. Our job is to establish the kingdom on the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. He wants us to think victorious. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've all noticed, but we're living in a very prophetic time. God speaking to his prophets. And if you notice, if you're watching Christian TV, new prophets crop up every day, getting more prophetic words in the airways every day. But God is trying to break open new revelation and insight to open our eyes to seeing things that we've never been able to see before. Amen? And he's wanting to accelerate things, and we're going to have to accelerate our thinking to stay up with what he's wanting to do. Amen? Now, tonight I want to talk to you. I'm going to shift gears here just a little bit. But all of that opening was just to try to get you thinking in a little higher thought life. Amen? I know you've come in from a day of work or whatever you've been doing. Maybe that's what you had on your mind. But we need to lay that aside and get into another mindset. Amen? And talk about what God wants to do. Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you on a subject... I was reading a prophetic word about two or three months ago, and there was just some phrases in that prophetic word that really jumped out to me. I'm not going to read the whole word right now. I may, excuse me.
I may read it at the end if we have time. If not, I won't. So no promises there. But here's, here's the first few lines of that prophetic word. It says, There is coming a tsunami generation that will ride the wave of my spirit. They will be called my war eagles. They will ride the waves of my presence. Wow. This statement, they will be called my war eagles, really got my attention. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. It'll be a little different to you, so just sit back and enjoy. Uh, something you may not have heard before. Uh, to get the full story of war eagles, we have to go back almost 3,000 years, back to the Assyrian Empire, 700 B.C. You can read about King Sennacherib in your Bible and the Assyrian army in Isaiah 36 and 37, also in Second Chronicles 32. I won't be going there tonight because it doesn't go into as much detail about the war eagles, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, King Sennacherib was there. Well, let me back up just a minute. The most vicious kingdom on earth at that time was the Assyrian army. They were ruthless warriors. King Sennacherib was their king, and his goal was to conquer the entire Middle East, where Sennacherib would rule the entire world at that time. They were a bloodthirsty barbarians, displaying no conscience whatsoever. Their victories were won through their demoralizing and gruesome war tactics. They maintained their kingdom through fear. Sounds like the devil, doesn't it? Matter of fact, Hitler and Stalin studied after Sennacherib. Probably the same spirit. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he was known for such things as hanging people on impaling poles. When they would go in and conquer an area, they would take the enemy that they had just conquered and they would take some of them and they would hang them on these impaling poles. An impaling pole was a pole eight to ten feet tall, stuck in the ground. It had a very sharp point on the top, somewhat like a sharpened pencil, but a whole lot bigger. They hung the people in such a way up over that, that as time went on and gravity settled, they would slowly be impaled upon that point until they were dead. Now, Sennacherib and his army 
They didn't take them down. They just left them there. They would rot, turn black. And that's where the term black forest comes from. They say that after he left an area, there may be two to 3,000 of these impaling poles, and it literally looked like a black forest. History says that Sennacherib killed two and a half million people on impaling poles. I know that's gruesome. King Sennacherib described his army as terrifying splendor. What I want you to see tonight is not really the evil side. We're pretty much done with talking about that. But he was a man that knew how to think outside of the box. That's the side I want you to see tonight. I want you to see yourself thinking more outside the box. Amen? He was very inventive. He invented the catapult. Now, I know the catapult's been around a long time, but he's the one that invented it. Just imagine being in a walled city, just going about your everyday business, when all of a sudden these huge boulders come flying over the wall, smashing and killing people, smashing homes, smashing the gates, if you will. He also created these towers on wheels that could be pulled up to the city wall by a horse. They were all enclosed. Inside was a staircase. And his soldiers could run up the staircase over the wall and invade the city. Very creative. Amen? Sennacherib also created the concept of war eagles. Sennacherib had captured and over a period of time had reproduced and through breeding, etc., he owned 7,000 Himalayan golden eagles. These eagles were huge. They had a wingspan of 8 to 10 feet. Wow. Somewhat like a condor. In training these eagles, they would tie leather cords to their legs and their feet. And on one leg, they would tie these steel balls about the size of a golf ball. On the other leg 
was this leather strip hanging down, and the soldier would take a hold of that leather strap, and he would wind his arm into that leather strap, and he would begin to lift the eagle. The eagle would start to flap its wings and scream. Now, the eagle couldn't soar with the soldier like they had hoped they could, but he could lift them up eight to ten feet off of the ground and cause that soldier to take strides of 30 to 40 feet at a time. In other words, each time he came back down, he would just spring off of a leg and it would carry him back up, taking that big, long stride uh, and speeds up to 20 to 30 miles an hour. Can you imagine being in a city, looking out over the wall, seeing one of Sennacherib's huge armies, and then seeing these war eagles with men tied to their legs, coming, charging at your city at 20 to 30 miles an hour. You talk about never seeing something like it before. That had to be a scary sight. Amen? I guess you could say, in a sense, that Sennacherib created the first Air Force. That's a stretch. But I guess you could say that. Amen? After a while, the eagles would start to tire. So when the soldier would come back down to touch the ground, he would just unwind his hand, turn loose of the eagle. The eagle would go back up, soar up high. He would lock his wings And just gather his strength back. Reoxygenate his lungs. But once the eagle was strong again, it was trained to look for an enemy soldier. And you know, an eagle can see a mouse a half a mile away. The eagle would spot his target. And he would descend upon that target of speeds up to 60 miles an hour. And just as he got to the soldier, he would turn like that very quickly. And when he did, those steel balls would hit that soldier in the head, often decapitating them. History says that upwards to 2,000 people in Israel alone were killed by these war eagles. 
Every time they seen a shadow, they ducked. You can't blame them, huh? Amen. Think about it. Here's all these unusual weapons. The catapult. The huge armies. The rolling towers. And the war eagles. King Sennacherib was so inventive, he conquered most of the world, and then he came to Israel. And he conquered the northern part of Israel. He then set his eyes on Jerusalem and the southern kingdom. He sent 250,000 soldiers and 700 war eagles to lay siege on Jerusalem. King Hezekiah was a king there. Knowing the story and the reputation of Sennacherib, he knew there was no army in the world that had ever defeated this army. And he was now under siege by Sennacherib. Sennacherib would send his generals to the walls of the city. And they would stand out there somewhat like Goliath did. And they would read these letters from Sennacherib. And they would say, There's no point in resisting us. You know no army has ever stopped us. And no one else's gods have ever stopped us. And your God will not stop us either. That's where Sennacherib made his big mistake. You can taunt men but you can't taunt God. Amen? He stepped a little too far. King Hezekiah says, there's no hope for us if God doesn't do something on our behalf. Hezekiah then sends a messenger to the prophet Isaiah to see if Isaiah had a word from the Lord for them. Isaiah said, yes, I have a word for you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. King Sennacherib's generals are still outside the gate, flapping their gums, reading their decrees. Then they would nail them to the gate. According to Scripture, at one point, King Sennacherib took all these letters and he spread them out in the temple. And he said, God, read these. In other words, what are you going to do about this, God? Have you ever been there? 
You ever spread your bills out on the table? (laughs) And said, God, read these. (laughs) What are you going to do? King Hezekiah says to God, Your prophet Isaiah said, No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue, like those generals, that shall rise up against us in judgment that you would condemn. What's he doing? He's reminding God of his word. That's what you do with a prophetic word. You speak it back to him. Say, remember what you said? Amen. Hallelujah. You can almost hear Hezekiah say, what about this huge army just outside my gates? What about these creative weapons? And what about these war eagles? And that is why God said, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they will walk and they shall not faint. Now, give me your attention And let me explain that verse to you. It says, they that wait. The word wait there is a different word in the Hebrew. It's not just sitting passively waiting. Pastor Annette mentioned that a while ago. I thought she was going to teach my sermon. In Hebrew... It's kavah. And that kavah means to braid yourself or bind yourself to something or someone. In the context of this verse and what I've told you so far tonight, it said, those who braid themselves together with God will mount up with wings as eagles. Those who bind themselves to me will become my war eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will soar. I can take them higher than Sennacherib could. They'll soar over their enemies. I'll take you up where no man's been before. And though natural men get tired, you'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. Hallelujah. That should give you a new meaning to that verse. Amen? 
What I want you to see, the important thing of this whole thing is binding yourself together with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Then God says, and God says to Hezekiah, excuse me. By the way, I will take care of Sennacherib. I will send you an angel. Can't you just imagine what King Hezekiah was thinking? One angel. Gee, God, there's 250,000 soldiers out there. Not even counting the 700 war eagles. And you're going to send me one angel. Most historians say they believe that that angel was Michael. And just in case you don't know, Michael is one bad angel. (laughs) Amen? This one angel, Michael, this is in your Bible, took out that entire army. When Israel woke up the next morning, instead of seeing 250,000 soldiers and 700 war eagles attacking that city, all they seen was 250,000 men laying on the ground dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This story should cause you to think outside the box. Stretch your faith to outwit and to outwar the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness in high places. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Another very familiar passage. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. We have to know that we are a well-equipped army. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us. We have angel armies to fight with us. I know you all have heard about angels probably all your life. But when was the last time you asked one for help? Most people's angels are standing there with their arms folded, bored, probably about half asleep, because they never get a command. 
It's time we start using our angels. Time we start thinking about our angels. Amen? Hallelujah. We're praying, God, do something. He's saying, I got that guy standing right over there. He's ready to go to war. Tell him what you need. Amen? Hallelujah. And if we are braided to God, we are his war eagles. And with God, all things are possible. You're never outnumbered when it's you and God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and read you that prophecy. Hallelujah. It says, There is coming a tsunami generation that will ride the wave of my spirit. They will be called my war eagles, and they will ride the wave of my presence. And as my war eagles, they will begin to fly, picked up by the waves of my presence. They will begin to do the manifest works of my kingdom in way in a way that only my apostles have done. For they will now arise in an apostolic, prophetic mantle and begin to go forth into the earth as healers and deliverers. Great signs and wonders will be upon them, and my manifest presence and power begins to loose through their lives. There is coming now a rise of young reformers. They will ride the waves of my presence. I've put a hunger in them to ride my presence, and they will rise to ride it like those who are passionately devoted to my kingdom cause. Now, riding the wave of my presence is a unique eagle force that's about to move in ways that will startle the entire world. They will answer to me, says the Lord. They will hear my voice in keen ways, and I will cause them to understand my heart. They will partner with me and my angels in ways that have not been done. They will become one army, says the Lord, that will become one with me. Their heart will come into oneness together, and they will ride with me in my presence. They will demonstrate the uniqueness of those who have the ability of Christ in them. The ways, the waves of iniquity will rise against them, but I will expose it, and I will move against it with great power. Their uniqueness, says the Lord, is in their ability to be one with me and one in my presence, flowing in a unique pattern 
with me and my angels, for I am bringing a divine alignment with my heart and with the angel army and with my champions. My war eagles will now come into a divine alignment. They will ride the wave of my presence and my purpose into my plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Start thinking outside the box. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to pray for you tonight. Maybe there's someone here that you feel like King Hezekiah. You feel like the whole world's closing in on you. And you know within yourself the only way out is if God moves on your behalf. You may be watching by live stream tonight. You're sitting there in your home. It may be a physical ailment, maybe a financial problem, whatever it may be. We've heard the answer tonight, amen? All we need to do is cast our care over on Him, bind ourselves together with Him, and let the eagle do all the work. Amen? It's not about our might. It's about His might. So I want to pray for you. Father God, You know everybody's heart. You know everybody's situation. Father, I want to pray that the God of eagle armies makes Himself real to them right now. I ask that they cast that care over on You and have faith that you'll take care of that problem. Lord, make them realize tonight that them and you are a majority. They cannot be outnumbered. They cannot fail as long as they're attached and bound to you. Father, we stand on every promise that's in your word tonight, and we call them all fulfilled in the lives of these people tonight. In Jesus' name, we expect great things in the future because of you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.